Now it is 4 p.m. Welcome, Cheryl. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I wish you a warm welcome to this AGM of Evel Smith and Company AS. My name is Tom Knudsen, and I'm the chair of this board. I have one task today. In addition to welcoming you, uh, I'm also going to welcome everybody uh, watching the online transmission. And I can welcome you in pursuance of section uh, or Article 7 of the Arts of, of, of Association. And we have the right to appoint the chair of this general meeting. And I'm pleased to be able to once again, because there's a long uh, tradition, I point to Klaus Søgaard, and he's a partner of the uh, law firm of Gores and Vidsbil, and he has assumed the task of being the chair of this general meeting. So I'll pass the floor to Mr. Søgaard. Thank you so much. First, I can ascertain that this uh, AGM has been lawfully convened. I checked that beforehand, so this was my conclusion that I'll draw shortly. Well, we started on time, even at the second, uh, 4 p.m. There are some requirements pursuant to the articles and also the legislation. It must be held in Greater Copenhagen before the end of April and must be summoned uh, before at a notice of three to five weeks. It was convened on the 3rd of March and also by email to those requested as well as a notice to the uh, stock exchange. So this means that this meeting is lawful. As regards the voting procedures, there's one uh, agenda item relating to an amendment to the Articles Association. We want to change a date that is not complicated, but it takes a majority of two-thirds, both of the votes present and also the, the capital represented. All other proposals can be adopted by a simple majority. Uh, as regards shareholders' um, uh, uh, presence, 133 uh, shareholders had uh, taken out an admission card and 99 had re, uh, re, uh, re, re, recorded. Um, 44 had come just a few minutes before we started, and three of, 33 of them had the voting rights uh, by proxy. So we have also had a number of shareholders um, have inserted uh, proxies, so a little more than 52% altogether uh, are represented today, and more than 75% of all the uh, the votes represented have voted in favor of the agenda items. So I think we will not in, end up in a situation that we will have to have uh, detailed written uh, votes, but this does not prevent us from having a good uh, discussion. Uh, the chair of the board will make a presentation of the uh, annual report together with the, the uh, annual reports and also the board's recommendations as to the individual items and afterwards you can ask questions and make comments and already have the names of three different people who want to uh, to make statements. So if anybody else wants to take the floor, then you can just uh, uh, advise me when you reach, reach that point. I'll now pass the floor to Tom Knudsen. Thank you. Looking back at my first year as the chair of F.L. Smith, I dare say that it's been both a busy and eventful year. We're very proud, and I'm speaking on behalf of the board and management, 
of the efforts and dedication of our employees, which has led to Eiffel Smith delivering a solid result for 2022, in spite of us, like so many others, have had to navigate through a challenging macro environment, as well as several changes to our business. Strategy is something which develops over time, and in that connection, well, then, during the past year, particularly two things are at the forefront to me. Firstly, it's completely clear to us that the future will bring an increased need for increased investments within mining generally, as well as in the green transition within the mining and cement industries. Secondly, we must acknowledge that the implement implementation of our strategy has previously not been fully satisfactory. Prompted by the change in our top management, led by our new group CEO, Miko Keto, who joined us on the 1st of January of 2022, we have experienced a significant change in decisiveness and drive. Among others, this has resulted in Eiffel Smith in 2022, starting a, what I would call, extensive transformation journey. A transformation journey which gives me and the board a strengthened view on where we can take Ethel Smith in the long run and a strengthened faith in us once and for all being able to ensure a stronger implementation. Naturally, there will still be bumps in the road as this is the nature of our business, but the journey has begun and it's an interesting journey which I both believe in and support fully. As a part of this transformation journey, we have, in 2022, implemented new pure play strategies for our mining and cement businesses. This is an important component in being able to trigger our full potential within both mining and cement, where the markets, customers and possibilities differ widely. And in that way, the two businesses must also be handled differently. This has resulted in there being activities and services that we will in the future stop delivering and performing. In that connection, we have had to say goodbye to a lot of good colleagues, both within mining and cement. It's always a serious matter to go through, but it has been a necessary step which we have been, which we've had to take in order to create a stronger, more resistant and more profitable FL Schmidt to the advantage of, yeah, our employees, our customers, and, of course, also you and the company shareholders. We're grateful for the support which we have so far received from our shareholders in connection with our transformation journey. And here, I would like to particularly welcome our new major shareholder, Alta Fund Manager. Alta brings solid experience with strategy development and creation of value and comes with a wish of contributing actively to our journey with the participation of the board. The support for our new pure play strategies from both of our major shareholders, well, we see that as a vote of confidence for us being on the right track. In a moment, I'm going to touch upon some of the other core elements in our transformation journey, as well as other highlights in 2022. But before then, I'd like to touch upon something which has affected and still affects all of us. When we were gathered at last year's AGM, the war in Europe had broken out briefly before then. Something most of us, I imagine, never had imagined would happen in our lifetime. 
We're deeply sorry for the tragic development in Ukraine, and our thoughts go to all the people, no matter where, who have been affected by this tragic development. As a result, we immediately decided to suspend all new business in Russia and Belarus. And during 2022, we have left Russia. Because of the costs related to the liquidation of this, our activities in Russia and Belarus have resulted in a net loss in 2022. And with this, I'd like to touch upon some of the highlights from the previous year. We've already seen positive effects from some of the implemented changes which were made during 2022. During the course of all of the year, our old Ethel Smith mine business, that means exclusive ThyssenKrupp's mine business, and I'm going to call it mining technology, technology from now on to keep it simple, but that has shown a continued strong growth in both the incoming orders, revenue, and profitability, which has particularly been driven by our service business. In the fall, we implemented one of our largest acquisitions in our history, namely the acquisition of mining technologies, part of Tushin Group. With this acquisition, Eiffel Smith is now positioned even better than ever before in, to be able to offer the customers and the best and most complete technologies from service solutions, from mining to processing plants, and as well support a more sustainable production. Additional to the acquisition, having strengthened our position as a leading supplier for the mining industry, there are also considerable cost synergies connected with the acquisition. During 2022, we have seen that we've been able to increase the size of these synergies and we've accelerated the time it takes to achieve them. Hence, we now expect that the cost synergies will annually come to approximately 560 million kroner and will come fully into effect, according to our plans, in 24 and onwards. At the same time, very importantly, our cement business has shown a stable development and continued the positive trend with increased profitability and has now returned to a positive profitability. That has been driven also by a better service business as well as the simplification of the operating model of cement during the fourth quarter of 22. And of course, we're continuing to work on that. As mentioned, in 22, we began a big transformation journey. This is due to our business environment changing, and that connection, it's been important to Eiffel Smith to renew itself and develop in order to sustain and expand our competitive position as well as our long-term potential earnings. From a past, no matter its glory, but from a past characterized by engineer services and large construction projects, Eiffel Smith is today mainly a supplier of technology, products, service, which supports a more sustainable production within mining and cement industries. Our pure play strategies within mining and cement play an important role in this. As previously mentioned, this also involves that there are activities and services that we will in the future stop performing and deliver. This is something we've chosen on the basis of a planned strategic evaluation of our combined mine product portfolio. That means including the products that we had, but also the ones that we acquired during the acquisition of mining technologies. As a result of this, we have 
from the beginning of the fourth quarter of 22, divided our mining business into two segments, a continued strategic core business and a no longer strategic segment, which we also in good Danish call non-core activities. Half of the activities in these non-core activities come from F.L. Smith's old mine business, and the other part comes from mining technologies, that is what we've purchased, and over the coming three years, we intend to liquidate these or sell parts of them if possible. The activities we will no longer perform are in general characterized by offering limited servants potential. They're actually unprofitable. They have a big implementation risk, and generally they don't contribute to our sustainability agenda. We expect the total loss on liquidation of the non-core activities to be approximately 1.2 billion kroner, divided over the period from the fourth quarter of 22 until the end of 25. This new division is a part of ensuring a clear focus and a stronger implementation in our strategic core activities in mining, which is the key to increasing our long-term earnings. Additional to having established pure play strategies and established the non-core activity segment, well, during 22, we've also made many other decisions that support our transformation journey. This, amongst other, involves transparency both internally and externally, and we've made considerable progress in order to lessen the risk in our business by implementing so-called risk quotes, a stringent, a stringent risk management surrounding our product product portfolio. This is a part of ensuring that the possibilities we pursue and the contracts we accept in general encompass lesser risks, they're reduced regarding complexity and scope, and they're more profitable and are in compliance with our long-term strategic priorities. Last but not least, of course, we are aware that the implementation of our transformation journey is deeply dependent on our employees and our culture. Hence, we have a large focus on ensuring that we have the right competences as well as the right set of values at F.L. Smith. Where this transformation journey that we're on will bring us, well, we presented that officially at our Capital Market Day on the 18th of January of 23. Here, for the first time, management presented the summary of our new, new pure play strategies as well as our new long-term financial goals. Our previous mid-term and long-term financial targets, well, they were withdrawn in connection with the publication of the annual report for 2020 when there was insecurity regarding the corona pandemic and other structural changes. Our new long-term financial goals have a core focus on ensuring the quality of our profitability as well as producing fluctuations in our profitability. The pure play strategy in mining is called Core 26, and for the total year of 26, we expect that our mining business can deliver an EBITDA margin, that's before interest and taxes, etc., coming to 13 to 15%. In cement, we call the pure play strategy Green 26, and for the full year of 26, we expect that our cement business can deliver an EBITDA margin of approximately 8%. Sustainability, or 
in present-day terms, the ESG agenda is and will remain an integrated part of our culture and business model. This covers both our responsibility towards our employees, society, customers, and for our planet. Minerals are necessary in the green transition, and the supply of critical minerals like <coughs> copper, lithium, nickel, and cobalt face a large pressure in order to be able to meet the ever-increasing demand. Similarly, cement is crucial to infrastructure and renewable energy projects. As cement is still one of the most carbon-intensive industries in the world, it is crucial that the environmental impact from the cement production is reduced. To solve these crucial challenges is what drives us at Eiffel Schmidt. It's both a possibility, but also our responsibility. With our mission zero technologies and solutions, we are uniquely positioned for significantly reducing our customers' environmental footprint and at the same time improving their productivity and profitability. Hence, we have a target, and that's validated by what one calls science-based targets, that our own operating activities, what we call scopes one and two, must be CO2 neutral no later than in 2030, and that our financial effect on the supply chain, also called scope three, must be reduced by 56% compared to a starting point, which is 2019. During 2022, we've made good progress on the majority of our own science-based targets. This includes that we have increased the share of our total purchases from suppliers that also have science-based targets. We have also significantly reduced the CO2 emissions and the use of our sold products as a consequence of less sale of products that impact the climate, particularly within cement. We have also in 22 seen a small increase in the CO2 emissions from own operating activities as a consequence of increased activity and a lesser use of green energy, something we have to look at. However, it's very important that we don't look at these numbers isolatedly. Based on the absolute CO2 numbers from any given year, but that we look at them over a longer period of time as there will be fluctuations from year by year, particularly in the CO2 emissions from the use of our sold products. In 22, we've also seen progress in our ratings among some of the large ESG rating bureaus, which also gives us faith in us being on the right road regarding our sustainability effort. However, we do recognize that there are parts of our long-term ESG agenda where we haven't reached our target yet, and we have a way to go. Among others, this goes for our diversity agenda, where in 2022, we unfortunately did not see any progress compared to last year regarding the share of female managers. In spite of progress compared to last year, we also didn't reach our targets for safety, measured on the total registered injury rate in 22. The level is not poor, but we'd like to do better. So there's still a need for additional improvements in order to reach our long-term targets, both in the long run, but also up until 2030. Let me turn towards the mining market. In spite of global macroeconomic and geopolitical unrest, the long-term demand for mineral remains strong, driven by 
financial growth, including a growing middle class and the green transition. In 22, the industry was challenged by volatile com commodity prices, logistic limitations, inflation, which is still there, the threat of global recession, etc. Conversely, possibilities arose from the increasing need for a green energy transition. The order intake in mining grew 20% organic and 34% reported organic, um, respectively, to a total of 17.8 billion krona in 22, driven, among others, 37% in the growth of the service business. Mining had seven large product orders coming to 2.8 billion krona up against four large orders in 21 coming to a value of 950 million krona. Service orders and product orders came to 59-41% respectively of the total new orders in mining. If you look at the revenue in mining, the organic grew 14% and 29% reported and came to 15.1 billion Danish krona in 22. The service and product revenue increased by 32 and 23% respectively. The adjusted mining IPSA increased to 1.6 billion krona, which corresponds to an adjusted EBITDA margin of 10.6%. The adjustment includes the costs of 250 million krona for the integration of mining technologies and a loss of 200 million krona related to the liquidation of activities in Russia. When you include these costs, the EBITDA margin for mining in 2022 came to 7.6%. Like in most other industries, the cement industry has had to navigate through the macroeconomic insecurities and geopolitical uh, unrest in 2022. In the short term, the cement industry is expected to, to a larger degree, be affected by the macroeconomic fluctuations than the mining industry. The high energy prices, the inflation pressure, has also contributed to an increased focus on productivity and sustainability among the cement producers. In the long term, we see good possibilities, particularly driven by the necessary green transition of the cement production. The order intake in cement increased by 5% organic and 11% reported to 6.6 .6 billion in 22 as a consequence of better market conditions compared to the previous year. In 22, we included one large product order at a value of more than 400 million krona, up against two large product orders in 21 at a joint value of 400 million krona. Service and product orders came to or constituted 57 and 43% respectively of the total new orders in cement in 22. The revenue increased by 2% organic and 7% reported and ended at 6.3 billion Danish krona, primarily driven by a 12% growth in the service business and the product revenue increased by 1%. But also importantly, cement's EBITDA increased to 204 million krona, positive compared to the year before, corresponding to an EBITDA margin of 3.3%. That is a significant improvement compared to 21, where cement was unprofitable, and that reflects an improved service business and a simplification of cement's operating model during the course of the fourth quarter. Let me just look at non-core activities and how they developed in 2022, the part of the business that we wish to liquidate. 
In the last quarter of 22, non-core activities had a revenue of 503 million kroner and a loss of 407 million kroner, out of which 270 million kroner are related to individual shutdown costs. This was in line with our expectations and what we had told the share market. By the end of 22, non-core activities had a remaining order backlog lock of 2.9 billion kroner, up against a beginning order backlog of 3.6 billion kroner as non-core activities segment was established back by the end of the third quarter of 22. And we, we add all of that together and look at the consolidated financial performance in 22, then the results in both mining this event is primarily driven by our service business where we delivered an improved result compared to the year before. The new orders received increased 16% organic and 28% reported as a consequence of better market conditions compared to 21 and the new orders received in service alone, and let me put a line under that, increased by 30%. The product order or new orders received within products increased by 26%. Book to bill for the year was 130%. In spite of the shutting down of the Russian activities in 22, revenue increased organic by 11% and 24% reported, which is mainly driven by the service business and mining in 22. Service made up 59% of the revenue and product 41%. The gross result increased by 21% and the adjusted EBITDA margin for 22 came to 6.4%. When you include the previously mentioned 452 kroner, those were integration costs for the acquisition and as well as the liquidation in Russia, the reported EBITDA margin comes to 4.3%. In spite of a significant cost to liquidate activities in Russia and the cost related to integration of mining technologies, we delivered a positive financial flow on the operation coming to almost 968 million kroner. We have a constant focus, as I say, when I say we, it's management particularly, but we have a constant focus on financial flow in order to ensure a healthy balance in our net cap network capital and net debt. Our financial gearing increased from being minus 0.6 to 0.6 as a consequence of the acquisition of mining technologies, which is expected. The financial gearing is still lower than the group's target, which is a max of two times the net interest-bearing debt compared to the EBITDA. The board suggests that a dividend of three kroner per share is paid out, which comes to total dividend amount of 173 million kroner and a dividend yield of 1.2%. This corresponds to a payout ratio of 49%, which is completely aligned with our target, which is a payout of between 30 to 50% of the net profit. Let me look forward. We expect that the market growth within the mining industry in 23 will remain practically stable compared to the market in 22. Hence, we expect a revenue in mining coming to between 16 and 17 billion kroner, where mining technologies are expected to contribute within less than 3 billion to the revenue in 23. We expect to adjust the mining EBITDA in the interval of 9 to 10%, which in 
includes an expected diluting effect on the mining technologies at approximately 2% for 23. But that number does not include the integration costs of 550 million kroner for all of 23. In cement, in the long term, we expect that the cement industry will still be marked by overcapacity and that the potential recession, and that means how much building will be set into motion, will expectedly have a negative effect on market demand. We expect a revenue of six to six and a half billion kroner in 23. That means a flat development up against 22 and EBITDA margin which is slightly better in the interval between 4 to 5%. That progress reflects a, an increase in cement's profitability, which reflects the possibility, pos, uh, positive effect of the strategic initiatives that I mentioned from 22. The expectations to non-core activities in 23 reflect our work liquidating the remaining order backlog as well as a general non-profitable nature of the activities in this segment. Hence, we expect a revenue of between 0.8 and 1 billion kroner and an operational loss of between 250 to 350 kroner in 23. As a consequence of all this, we expect a revenue of 23 to 24.5 billion kroner and an adjusted EBITDA margin of 6 to 7% for the whole group in 23. If we include the integration costs in mining coming to 550 kroner, we expect 4 to 5% in the EBITDA margin. That's what we communicated when we sent out our annual report just recently. And for good order, as always, I must add that profit forecasts are always connected with insecurity as a consequence of global supply conditions, potential recession, and geopolitical unrest, and that has also been said. As recommended by the Committee on Corporate Governance and with reference to the publicized report, I'd like to go over and make some remarks to the remuneration of the board and management. Let me tell you that compared to 22, there have been no deviations regarding the general guidelines for remuneration, which have been approved by the annual meeting. The collected remuneration for the group executive manager, uh, management, which consists of the CEO and the CFO, was 25.8 million kroner in 22, up against 39 in 21. In 29, it was high because of a severance package agreed with the former CEO and low incentive payments. Payouts are based on the target is based on reaching us reaching the financial KPIs and individual targets. In 22, the board did not receive any payout for the long-term incentive program for the performance periods of 2019 until 21. The board received a total remuneration of 6.6 .6 million in 22, again 6.5 million in 21. The board uh, proposes that the fees for the board of directors for 23 remains unchanged. In connection of the annual report for 22 and like in previous years, the board has decided to award restricted shares to a limited number of persons, including uh, 
management and key employees in the long-term incentive program, the targets for 23, which cover the period from 23 to 25, will be the same as for the program for 22, which covers the vesting period from 22 to 24. So vesting and granting will be subject to fulfillment of the targets for EBITDA margin, the total return for shareholders, as well as the KPI related to sustainability. Furthermore, the board annually does a self-assessment in order to assess the individual members' contribution, commitment, and competences, and also our ability to cooperate. As chair, I'm responsible for carrying out the assessment I believe that we have a transparent process, and after a good and open discussion, we've identified some matters that we can most likely better, and we have determined our priorities for the coming year's board work. But let me also add that the general conclusions of the board assessment in 22 were satisfactory without the big issues or matters. <coughs> I'm reaching the end. In 2022, we at F.L. Schmidt celebrated our 140-year anniversary. Even though many things have changed since 1882, our passion to discover and innovate, our commitment towards our customers, and most importantly, the dedication and talent of our employees has been the core of everything we have achieved since day one. F.L. Schmidt is on an interesting journey. We recognize the current macroeconomic insecurities and geopolitical unrest, but we do believe that these challenges are manageable and are compensated for significantly by our fundamental long-term growth possibilities driven by, I've said it many times, green transition, financial growth, and specific industry challenges within both the mining and cement industries. In the past year, it's been crucial to us to renew ourselves and at the same time give a clear strategic direction and thereby build a foundation for increased trust. Focus is now on implementation and we have already come a long way in 22. In 23, we look forward to even more progress when we continue driving our transformation journey and implementing our pure play strategies. I'm certain that we have the right team, the right strategies, they're in place, and together we will deliver even larger results onwards. In closing, of course, I'd like to thank both the board and management executive, uh, executive committee and the board for an open and good cooperation over the past year. I'd also like to thank our shareholders for the support and also take the opportunity to in to say welcome to new major investors that we have got in the past year. Welcome to FLS. I'd also like to send a special thanks to our outgoing board member, Rob Smith, who is not running for re-election. Since 2016, Rob has provided a dedicated and valuable effort for the company, among others, as the chair of the R Technology Committee. However, the largest thank you goes to all of our employees who have yet again shown a large ability to adapt in an uncertain business environment. We look forward to continuing the journey with you over the course 
of 23. I thank you for your attention. Now you have the chance to make to ask questions and comments. So, as I mentioned before, there are three people who have already asked for the floor. I'll ask those three people to come forward, uh, and then you can make these present these uh, comments. And then the uh, chair of the board can answer the questions first, and then the, he can comment on later uh, together. And the first one is Life uh, Life the chairman of the staff association, then um, presentative of. Uh, LD and um, and Mr. Strandmark. So thank you for giving me the floor, dear colleagues, dear shareholders, dear board, and dear uh, chair. My name is Lars Gunthoft, and it's my privilege, and I'm speaking on behalf of the staff association. One year ago. Very few of us had expected that we will still have a war in Ukraine. The horrifying images that we see from there, that makes it, and it also makes it very difficult for us to imagine this tremendous uh, impact that this conflict has to our uh, world. And this has, has also had a huge impact on the people that we can collaborate with and whom we are allowed to collaborate with. So we had to tell goodbye to a number of good colleagues in Russia and other countries. So I'm happy that we should not talk about Corona at this AGM and we can start getting used to an everyday life where we can meet with customers even though that we ha still have many meetings on Teams. Travels and meeting with customers all over the world contributes to emphasizing uh, the fact that FLS is a global enterprise. And employees, we are proud to be uh, working for FLS. Last September, TKS Mining became part of FLSmith. After some very few honeymoon, a short honeymoon, we decided to uh, establish a division called um, Non-Core Activities, which were abandoned, uh, intended not to be part of the uh, future journey of FLS. This must be a rude awakening for our German colleagues and also for us for, and our former colleagues at FLS. The management of cement activities has decided on a pure play model, so both cement um, will now report results as an independent business unit. So this gives, gives cement a more autonomy relative to the uh, size of the organization and composition. So this change means that you will give more, give more priorities to services and also the spare and wearing parts. And this will, will value based on the capital projects, product, projects that fit, fit into the future pro focus on the company. This means that we have significant changes to the structure of cement both in Denmark and globally. So unfortunately, we'll have to tell goodbye to a number of dedicated colleagues who have worked for FLS for more than 25 years. And I want to thank good and loyal uh, colleagues for uh, their work for many years. Changes may, might be difficult and frustrating, but I find that we are on the, good, on the right way and I look forward to seeing a stronger and better FLS cement. 
and I find that we can always see some uh, green strategy solutions. We are already working on this um, in the long term, or we already have in the, in the market. They'll become an essential part of solution to uh, the greenhouse gas issues that we have at world level. When our colleagues of mining will have adapted their organization, I'm sure that they will also have an efficient and profitable business area, but I'm also sure that this journey will be difficult for many. We have seen a year with inflation. With inflation, reminds me of the time when I was a child, and that's a long time ago. But despite this situation, we're still doing well uh, on the economy side, even though that it was predicted that the recession is waiting just around the corner. We still see a job, uh, an active job market. A lot happens around the world, and with also in terms of employment and uh, pay conditions, and for the management of LS, it's necessary to make an extra effort to attract and retain good employees. As employees, we're having a dialogue with management about this. And we look into many of these parameters that contribute to making FLS to a good and attractive working place. It's essential for our self-perception and motivation, but we can now see that we are contributing actively in many and interesting activities which may contribute to make our solutions for our customers greener and more environmentally friendly, both within cement and mining, which are also our green 26. I don't know what these say in Danish or English, and also core 26 programs. FLS in a Danish company, we have proud and strong traditions. In addition to the technical innovation and the distinction that has characterized FLS for many years, we also have decency as a very significant element of our self-perception and, and values. We are expected to behave both as employees, as a company, as a part of this world uh, surrounding us. We do this by working together, by respecting differences, and be abreast of changes both uh, socially, financially, and technical. Wise. And we happen to see that FLS works actively in these areas. It's still difficult to predict as to which way the world intends to go in future. But the new courageous initiative, FLS has shown that the company can adapt to changes uh, with optimism, creativity, and conviction. It bears witness to a strong culture as the main mainstay uh, and my dedicated and clever colleagues support to solving the solutions or the support to solving the challenges that we're facing. We can be very proud about that. So on behalf of the employees, I wish Phyllis Smith a strong, sustainable, and not least a, pr a prosperous year. Thank you so much. Thank you, Life Gontov. And as I mentioned, uh, I would let the first three speakers uh, come to the stage before I would let uh, the chair reply to this so, uh, from the academic pension tools poll. Thank you for the chair of the board for his uh, 
uh, presentation. My name is Trul Spurl. I'm speaking on behalf of uh, LD and the academic pension. So once another year has passed, we have in a situation of uncertainty. The war in Ukraine continues, to, continues, and it was not as short as we expected. On the contrary, we have seen huge tragedy, inflation, and historical pressure on values or value chains. Many companies have cut links to, to Russia, but still, companies are also in, in Russia still. It's a difficult time to work, and it's difficult to separate business from politics. Together with this geopolitical uncertainty, you have started a transforming journey. The strategic focus has to be sharpened, while also you have to see a successful integration with CK Mining. We have many balls playing at the same time, and the risk elements are, are abundant. We will see uh, the results in the f uh, performance over the next quarters and years, and we hope that it will be better than historical uh, numbers. You had a good start, and as you know, that's always halfway through. But still, there's still a long way to go, and we look forward to following uh, uh, further developments and also initiatives that you had taken throughout the organization. I'm also here to motivate uh, the, the proposal made by LD and Academicus Pension. This proposal is intends to uh, support FLS in expanding the communication relating to uh, respect, human rights, and labor uh, rights. We also suggest that FLS makes more details public about uh, the challenges that FLS meet in the market when they uh, encounter human rights um, uh, challenges. We've had a good dialogue with the board of directors of this proposal, and the board of directors has decided to support our proposal. We are thankful because we also see this as a sign that the board takes this seriously and also wants to propose um, or, uh, propose to help or support uh, this in public. So there's no doubt that their strategy is one of the best in, 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 this, in the sector. But we still know that the reporting on human rights is not exactly where it should be, but that also applies to most other uh, major companies. As long-term investors, we want to support the long-term business su uh, success of FLS with this proposal. And in this uh, situation, I want to, to mention that we trust that FLS also works internally, internally with human rights and also those that might impact the business. So our proposal is only uh, a way to strengthen public communication about this subject. And we're sure that this will profit the company in the long term. Focus on human rights issues will only become more relevant in future. Increasing geopolitical political issues because of the invasion in, in Ukraine of, by U Russia puts great pressure on uh, global uh, value chains. And also, we focus on um, human rights issues all over the world. This cannot uh, uh, prevent us from prevent the company from being affected by this, especially when they work in sectors like mining, which is a high-risk uh, area of human rights violations. But it's also essential to the green green transition. Environmental uh, legislation is also coming from the EU, so it's due diligence uh, initiative to strengthen this area already now. So this is also 
where we see that when FLS takes the lead, when they make available uh, their F, uh, documentation of their efforts public, because by showing their way to uh, best practice in the, to the market, they will take a competitive lead, we believe. This would also benefit investors and also the world around us and invest and also the company. So we will uh, suggest that the other shareholders will support our proposal as also the board of directors has done. And we look forward to seeing how this stronger communication will uh, develop. And finally, I have an issue about the uh, remuneration report because we often talk about this at, at AGMs. For academic pension and LD, it's essential that reports on remuneration is sufficient so that we can assess uh, the connection between results and payments. Otherwise, the reporting is not as, as sufficient as we could, expect, could uh, want. Unfortunately, many companies um, do not have sufficient transparency, and we would also suggest that um, uh, that FLS um, in, uh, make, make their uh, remuneration reports more transparent, uh, especially in KPIs and peers. And we voted against the remuneration reports in more than half of our companies. So the FLS is not alone. But otherwise, we suggest or support what FLS is doing. Thank you so much. And I'll now pass the floor to Jonas Randmark from ATP. And then the chair of the board uh, uh, will have the floor. And then afterwards, I'll ask whether anybody else wants the floor. Being a Swede, understanding Danish very well, but not speaking that very well. So I agreed with Yannick and his team that slow in English. Thank you for the floor, and my name is Jonas Renmark, representing ATP. And thank you to the chairman for the reports and presentation of uh, the results for 2022. So 2022 has been an eventful year for FLS. Closing of the TK mining deal, presentation of the new strategy at the recent uh, Capital Markets Day, and although, to be fair, it kick-started during, during uh, the last year. All this in a context of huge macroeconomic uncertainty and the war in, in Ukraine. Uh, we fully support the new strategy and its pure play approach. In our, in our view, representing a trustworthy and logic path towards profitable growth with simplification and de-risking of operations as key principles. When fully implemented, it is nothing else than a transformation of the way you run the business. Last year, I think it was Klaus who was standing here and emphasized that it was really important with being transparent post the closing of the uh, ticket mining deal and, and uh, we understand that there is a lot of work to be done, integration of this, this new acquisition, and, and on top of that, a completely new corporate strategy. But we are confident that you are on the right track, not least with the progress already achieved, and the transparency concerning your route forward uh, you delivered at, at the Capital Markets Day in, in uh, January. And we also noticed the upgraded 
uh, cost synergies and a more speedy realization of these. Um, with the risk of repeating what Klaus said uh, last year, um, we cannot stress enough the importance of your continued work with your Mission Zero strategy. And we welcome the focus you have on the commitment to science-based targets throughout your supply chain. Both mining and cement, as we all know, are CO2-intensive CO2 industries, which is why it is important to continuously work towards reducing emissions. Gender diversity is a challenge for FLS, and we know it has been a focus area uh, for, for the past couple of years. And uh, we are pleased to see the progress made on the share of women employees in the total workforce. However, when looking at, at the share of women managers in FLS, things appear to be moving slower. And the target for 2022 was not met, and looking from the outside, achieving the 2030 target of 25% women managers seems a, bit a, li a little bit more difficult to achieve. So on that note, the question for, for the management, are you still... Are you still confident that you will be able to achieve your 2030 target for women managers? And would you be able to elaborate on potential new initiatives or processes that will enable you to achieve this? So um, with these words, I would like to wish FLS and, and the employees all the best with the work ahead in, in 2023. Uh, thank you for the attention. I'll now pass uh, the floor to the chair of the board so he can comment on those three um, submissions. Thank you so much. First, Laft Guntoft, with whom we have a good collaboration on the board because you also have an employee representative on the board. I want to thank you for uh, your messages. We have to. Uh, uh, to say goodbye to people who have served the company for many years and they did deserve respect. I also want to thank you for a good and constructive dialogue also when we see changes because we see changes in all aspects of life. And I find that employees and colleagues of FLS and also you as representatives of your colleagues' life, when you make constructive contributions to this process, especially when this underlying uh, tone of willingness to change and also decent uh, ways of doing it. So I just w want to thank you, thank you for this contribution and let us continue the journey that we have done of uh, taking so far to Tulsbjerg from uh, LDN Academica Pension. Uh, it is so that we support the proposal that you've made, but I want to add something even though that the proposal is essential, because it is very fruitful to have this constructive dialogue, namely a discussion as to where is the world heading, namely what you're going to focus on, and also uh, uh, it is so that the ESG agenda is, is extremely wide. And when you look at how it has developed over the past 5, 10, 15 years, I believe it is difficult to have a look at what you would we should have been working at today when we look back in look ahead in those days. So as a company, you need inspiration, you need a dialogue. And I want to thank 
uh, your contribution to 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 the suggest that we're going to uh, strengthen our public communication about human rights. I know all of us focus on this on our daily work, but we could be more transparent in this work on this as our reporting on uh, uh, ESG um, develops. And also, I want uh, also noted your request for for more information about KPIs and bonus for our future work. And finally, to Jonas Renmark from ATP, you're representing a major vote uh, in this world of owners and investors. And I'm happy that you support this transformation uh, and this uh, journey that we're having and taking uh, by FLS. So I will not repeat what you said already to thank you for saying so. And also I want to emphasize once more that we are so committed to uh, complete this transformation journey that we have started. And I have trust in the fact that the current management will be able to lead us to to uh, the end. Then the subject about, about, subject about gender diversity. I think it will hardly be um, uh, um, saying too much by saying that we discussed this at all board meetings. This is not an excuse, but it is not so that it is deliberate we, that we've ended where we are now. It doesn't mean that we're not ambitious. And today, it is not so that we have a wish to uh, change our ambition about reaching uh, a target of 25% women managers in 2013. We only have a little more than 15% today, so uh, that was also the case one year ago, so we haven't improved. Management has started a number of initiatives. I want to mention four or three. We've started a program that we call it Aspiring Leaders Program. That's a program for those who want to aspire for being managers, and we focus on individual contributions and those who want to want to be managers and want to focus especially on the p- promoting uh, even more women uh, uh, to become attracted by taking a um, management role in future. And at a global level, we have started a diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion uh, program. It's also a council. So, uh, and this council is, is going to have a more focus on ownership and diversity. And this council comprises employees across the organization to discuss how do we do this. This is a collective task. It doesn't come just from top to down. We also have to include uh, uh, employees who, so that we can inspire, especially women, to uh, go for ma- management positions. And also, we are looking for more relevant candidates. And about 30% uh, of those we recruit for managerial positions. So we hope that also over time, this will also lead us in the right direction. I cannot guarantee you anything, but what I can promise is that the efforts and the will to do something with this agenda, we have that. Thank you so much. And we had somebody put up their hand down here. Please come up here and start by stating your name. 
My name is Lars H. Nilsson. Since 2011, I've written critically about increased top wages on Twitter. The Danish parliament has changed the tax level for top management in Denmark. The question is, has the board discussed the ever-increasing wages, which have reached 7.7 million kroner? The CEO of the Elschmidt, Mikko Keto, wage is 16.7 million kroner, and you're not allowed to deduct taxes of more than 7.7 million kroner. How much has it increased after that law was implemented? How much does it cost in extra costs for payment? And on the Danish Parliament's homepage, you can see this law, and you can see that it's been approved. Does Evel Smith have more employees with a salary of over 7.7 .7 million? And if so, what is the total salary cost for the company? Parliament has set a moral law, a moral norm for how large wages or salaries should be in order to not create polarization and inequality in Danish society. Ethel Schmidt ought to take the consequence of this law by building in these numbers in the annual report. And we should like to see the calculations of the tax level for top salaries, and could you please take this down for the minutes? Thank you. Yes, we'll take down the main contents of what was said and the response to the minutes. I'd like for the chair to respond to these very concrete questions. To Lars Nilsson, first I'd like to thank you for your statement and I can't do the calculations in my head because I don't have a concrete number and I don't uh, I'm not able to do the cal calculations in my head but company tax in Denmark is 22% in the concrete example there was a compensation for 16.7 million for Miko Keto so there's a limit of 9.9 .9 million so I think that it comes to lastly 1.8 million, give and take. I don't know if we should say what has been said with a smile. Luckily, we only have one CEO in this business, and there is a certain hierarchy. We've become very transparent regarding compensation in general compared to previously. And of course, there will be certain people in top management who are at the salary level when I look at our CFO and additional members. So he's not the only one, but a rough estimate would, well, it can't be over six, eight, ten million in total. Please take that as an indicative level. That would be my attempt at giving you a concrete answer. The other thing is that on the board, we have a compensation committee who works with compensation in general. What should the structure be? between a base wage and short-term incitements and long-term. So regarding the taxation level on salaries in Denmark, well, we compete in a global industry. The cement business is global. Mining is global, cement is global, and it's important to us that we have the correct management and the right competences. And therefore, I can also say that we have 
top management consisting of a long line of nationalities and they have moved to Denmark, they work here, and if the consequence thereof is that because of tax regulations in Denmark, and they differ in for each country, must pay more compared to earlier in order to have the right competencies, well, then we as a board and who handle the shareholders' interests, well, we have to take that not without a critical attitude towards it, but we also have to make critical decisions. So that's part of my second part of my response. We are aware of this and we know that the board is working on this or we prioritize making the correct decisions for the company. And that goes for all stakeholders on their behalf and also the shareholders. Would anybody else like to take the floor? That's not the case. Then I'd like to summarize where we are on the agenda. The first item was the board of directors report. There's no vote on that. And when nobody wishes to take the floor, then it has been accepted. The second item was the presentation <coughs> of the annual report. I haven't noted any other speakers in that regard, so I will consider that approved. The next item, item number three, approval of the Board of Directors' fees. There are two items there. The first one is the final approval of fees for 22. That is last year. And last year, it was preliminarily approved based on a base fee of 450,000, as described, and we propose that it is finally adopted this year. If the notes remarks, it will be approved. And as the chair said, the board suggests that this is unaltered for 23, so that is probably also ungrammatical and can be considered to be as being approved. The fourth item is distribution of profits or covering of losses. <coughs> and the uh, proposal is a dividend of three kroner per share. And I take it that everybody's interested in that. So let's consider that as approved. The fifth item is presentation of the remuneration report for an advisory note. The law demands that there must be a separate remuneration report and there must be an advisory vote. So if it is not adopted, well, then next year the board has to explain how it's taken suggestions into consideration, but it has already been adopted on the basis of the votes received. So I also consider that as being approved. The sixth item is election of members of the board of directors. And here it appears from the Articles of Association that there must be at least five members, and currently there are six. And as we already heard, Rob Smith <coughs> is not seeking re-election for the board of directors. But there's a proposal of re-election of Tom Knutson, Matt Snipper, and Louise Eberhard, Gillian Dawn Winkler, and Trust Royalis Moriartis. And there's a proposal of election of Daniel Ryman, who is present. Could you please stand up and show your face? And currently, there are no other con candidates, and that would also be difficult based on the votes cast. So I'd like to congratulate you on re-election and being elected additional to that. I can inform you that there are also employee elected 
members of the board, and it's Mr. Ustergorm and Life. Go and talk to your members of the board. The next item is item number seven, election company auditor, and we propose re-election of Ernest and Young, and as stated, that is the proposal from the audit committee, and they have not been affected by third parties in this proposal. There are rarely other candidates regarding this item, so I can also conclude that you've been re-elected. Good luck in the coming year. And then we have item number eight, eight one, amendment of the articles. One can give authorization to issue shares, and that's in the interest of everyone in most cases, and it can be extended for one year, so it only runs out on the 29th of March, 28. So the proposal is that we change two years in the authorization given, and it's not controversial, so I think I can conclude that it has been adopted with a two-thirds majority, and almost all large Danish companies would like to ask for permission to purchase their own shares up to, you can never at any given time own more than 10%, no matter what you may have to begin with, and it cannot deviate from the exchange rate on the stock exchange by more than 10%. Are there any questions? You're standing up, Kelbaya. So I also take it that we have notified you of this. And then we have item number nine, which is a shareholder proposal from Academic Pension and LD Funde, which has already been motivated by Academic Pension and comments on by the chair. The shareholder proposes that there should be communication with board directors regarding human rights and labor rights in accordance with the United Nations guiding principles on business and human rights, and the contents of the proposal have been described in the notice to convene. Are there any questions for that? No. Then I'll also consider that as being approved. That brings us to any other business. Item number 10 here. You can been given the chance to speak, but you can't decide anything. My name is Kilbaya, and as you'll say, I normally say .dk, but this is my website. What I want to say today is that, that initially you said we don't need to have any votes because we have already proxies. That seems very undemocratic to me because that means that you get don't get this input from the other shareholders that might not have that many shares. It might be so that they wanted to vote against some of these proposals, but this is a striking out from the beginning because you're told already that it doesn't doesn't matter. It's, and this is what we see in society today, that nobody listens to us. Now you're uh, complaining about all the things that you had to close down due to the Russians. But have we ever uh, been asked whether we want to go to, to war? It is something that uh, the prime minister does because she sends weapons uh, to, to the war, but we cannot have nurses for our hospitals. There's something wrong with our democracy for the time being. And I also believe that 
people don't realize that we expect we experience so much uh, censorship in Denmark. We've heard a lot about the pandemic of the COVID pandemic um, and football, but we don't hear much about um, the, the Russian leader because he has tried to uh, remove. Um, no, oh, sorry. Ukraine has been had uh, had censorship since 2014, and the war in Ukraine is because Russian live, Russians living in Ukraine have asked Russia for help. So we are on the wagon for World Economic Forum. Many people don't know what is World Economic Forum, but this uh, uh, forum has huge impact on what happens at world level. Also, MPs from Denmark, they also go there and get manducated uh, by this forum. It is a very bad development, and the World Economic Forum supports the war in, in Ukraine because they have interest in that country. I think you should know it. And the last thing I want to mention is that we see a lot of human trafficking and, and crime at open sea, but that also relates both to the UN, WHO, and Red Cross. We've been told you should know that things are happening that we don't like, and that this cannot. This is outside the scope of democracy. Thank you for allowing me to, to take the floor. I will pass the floor to the chair. Uh, well, technically, from my position as the chair of this meeting, I will mention that the issue about that we have. Uh, uh, submitted votes beforehand that is seen by most people as an expression of democratic development because those shareholders who cannot be present, they can uh, vote beforehand just just by uh, telling the board uh, that they can just vote on their behalf, but they can take yes or no whether they vote in favor of an item. So you see actually that most listed companies, they have so many proxies um, that, that they can most proposals will be adopted, but that does not prevent you from attending the, the AGM so that you can make yourself input. I actually find that the the company is very transparent by telling what has been adopted beforehand, so you don't need to have to take a vote in case it has already been decided beforehand. I'll pass the floor to the chair uh, who can comment. Well, thank you, Kelbaya. I want to focus on one issue, namely that my job as the chair of the board of FLS and representative of the shareholders, I need to focus on the agenda pursued by FLS and not the major politics, polit political agendas. So I don't focus on many of the elements that you mentioned. But one thing I want to mention, as regards democracy, to me it is essential uh, that at FLS that we have an AGM. You can also follow this uh, externally, and you can also be allowed to take the floor so they can express all your views as to what the company is doing. I've also told the other uh, people who have taken the floor that we appreciate the dialogue because that uh, we believe that dialogue would contribute to a value valuation a valuable um, impact for the company. So thank you, Kelbaya, for your contribution as well. So this is any other business, any other who wants to take the floor? It's the last chance. If that's not the case, I will say formally thank you for this year and pass the floor to the chair of the board. 
so that he can uh, end the today, this year's AGM. Thank you so much. I want to thank uh, uh, the AGM participants and for for, uh, present, uh, for the submissions you have made and for uh, working doing here in the proper order and also to the chair of this meeting uh, for leading us through. So maybe we could see again, meet again next year in the same role. So thank you for this event. Thank you for today and use the, 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 the time after to, uh, the AGM to talk to each other. And I look forward to uh, to complete the transformation phase that we've started uh, both on the board and also with our uh, employees. So thank you for 